This is the Limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Scow. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, the Redux Edition. Hey! <laughs> still trying to figure out how, or, or I'm still disappointed that Rey Mysterio didn't get to see... Dominic sign his contract because he doesn't have an eye, so he can't see. Oh, it's funnier every time you tell it, and it's harder, still harder, than a kendo shot to the soft, exposed tummy of Rey Mysterio's son. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome back to the Busted Wide Open show. Yes, we are here once again, live on the Twitches and on your YouTubes and wherever else you're finding us in your ear holes, Spotify, or any other podcast app you may be listening to us on. Welcome to the show. We do have to discuss the show that happened last night, and that would be WWE's Monday Night Raw, which was three hours of some good and some bad, Nick. Some very good stuff and some not-so-good stuff, and we have to talk about all of that and break it all down for all of you who are listening to us right now, but we can't do that until we do a little bit of housekeeping. And Nick, now that your voice sounds normal, would you like to engage in some lovely housekeeping for everyone out there so you know how to engage with this show? Yes, indeed I would. Guys, make sure you come over and get into our Discord community. Uh, that is the place to be. It's getting ready mm. to go through a nice, big, fat, fancy overhaul because I've learned a lot in a year since we started that thing. So we're going to go through and get a bit of, give it a good refresh shine everything up real nice and we're not going to turn it sideways or stick it up anybody's butt but it that that being said Aww. get into the discord community uh make sure you follow us on instagram and twitter at bwo podcast come get into the facebook discussion group uh make sure you're subscribed over at youtube.com slash busted wide open so you can get access to or get it to uh bwo daily whenever we put that up we did a two times today so hopefully if you didn't see both of them go back uh we had a nice tribute to uh kamala who passed away uh, and all of that other good news and newsy type stuff over there on the U- the tubes of you. We we shot hard on Seth Rollins. We shot hard on we Chris did. Jericho. Yes. And we also asked you all to help Shotzi Blackheart. But check yes. out BWO Daily for that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, make sure you are following us here because, guys, I have an announcement. Beep, 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 beep. Been a while since you heard that, right? I missed that. I missed that. As of this stream, once it is over, we are officially affiliates here on twitch that means all the fun little bells and whistles start turning on the next time Mm -hmm. so saturday's show is going to be a big it's gonna be lucha lit it's gonna be lucha freaking lit so lucha Lucha licious yeah we've i know there's this big pile of crap in front of us called monday night raw that we have to get through well the end of it oh come on but 
it's going to be that. worth it because we're making affiliate already on Twitch. Thanks to all of you guys. So thank thanks you very to, much. Thanks, and thanks to you guys, seriously. Yeah. If, if you're not following us yet, please make sure to pound that uh, the little heart down below. Uh, give us a follow, and pretty soon you'll be able to do Twitch Primes and bits and all kinds of good fun <laughs> stuff, and you'll get all the little badges and the widgets and all that. I, oh, it's so I, good. I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out on Saturday, that's for sure. We're going to be calling okay. out a lot more stuff probably uh, throughout the show. As BWO Live has evolved from a mere a mere wee podcast into a full-blown live show. So thank you guys so much. This journey has been amazing. The fact that we're affiliates already uh, on Twitch, a couple of weeks into doing it is just a testament to all of you. So thank you guys for showing up big for us. And we hope you guys enjoy the show. I cannot get past it in i'm sorry i got to do the mm. patrons you guys phenomenal ones you we have, have to we have you a have call to. to action out there for you They're guys amazing. and we need your help Sh actually oh. shotzi blackheart needs your help so we're calling out to all of you her car was stolen she lost her helmet it was in the car uh more details over at bwo daily or at youtube but if some of you are in florida uh so if you happen to see a white honda civic riding around uh, it might have Shotzi Blackheart's horn yeah. helmet in it. and she You see a scuzzy-looking person walking around with a helmet that looks a lot like Shotzi Blackheart's, and you're yeah. like, that doesn't look right. It might not be right. It might actually yeah. be Shotzi's helmet. So yeah, there you go. Thank you, guys, uh, patrons, for all of your support every single month. If you are not a patron yet, you still have time. We're a couple of weeks away from SummerSlam, where we will be doing our next edition of the BWO mm. Patrons Pick'ems Challenge. Yes. Robbie RB will be defending his WrestleMania Pick'ems Championship for the very first time to see if he can retain against all of you for the Patrons Pick'ems Championship. Uh, so go ahead and get signed up. All you got to be in is that $5 tier in order to participate for prizes and things and things and prizes, uh, all kinds of good stuff. But don't forget, the booby prize is on the table. Yes, it is. We will explain more about that. But head over to patreon.com slash BWO, get signed up, because you don't want to miss out on the Pick'ems. <sighs> Ian, uh, yes. we got to do it. We got to go over. Yes. We got to talk yes. about what went down. Yes. On Monday Night Raw. Oh, Randy, Kevin, Keith, Kennedy, Kelly, Krakatoa, Kamala, click, click, boom, Orton. You scamp. You rascal. You evil, evil man. You son of a bitch. We, uh, Nick, I'm going to say this right now. The beginning and, and ending of Raw we're strong as hell, and we had an absolutely amazing match in the middle. But the ending of Raw was Randy Orton having a match against Kevin Owens, which was a fine match. It was good. It was Kevin Owens scrappily fighting upwards against a guy who's a little bit out of his league um, and just having a miscalculation at the end, going for a stunner, and Randy countering it into an RKO for the one, two, three. But the problems came after that match. You yeah. see, Ric Flair was the reason Randy had that match because Rick and Kevin got into it verbally backstage last mm -hmm. week and Rick actually accepted Randy's uh, ch Kevin's challenge to Randy on behalf of Randy. So Randy had some beef with that. And he told Rick to hang around after the match because he had some words for him. And he told Rick in no uncertain terms that he couldn't be mad with him. He couldn't be angry that Rick was getting into his business and kind of screwing things up for him a little bit here. But he didn't love him anymore. He didn't have any respect for him because Rick was now a has-been and not the guy who saved Randy Orton's butt when he was a young punk. No, no, Ric Flair now was not the Ric Flair of old. Ric Flair now 
The Ric Flair of old wouldn't have needed a pacemaker to keep his heart ticking. The Ric Flair of old wouldn't have been in a coma for 12 days. The Ric Flair of old wouldn't have been a whore for the spotlight and hanging on to Randy's coattails and trying to drag him down. He was ruthless, Nick. And I'm not even doing this promo justice. It was absolutely gut-wrenching I'm, to watch this make, promo. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm becoming verklempty well, again. Well, the verklempt happened for me when Randy finally stopped berating poor old Rick. And Rick very calmly took the mic from him and said, Randy, you're, you're, you're hitting me personal here. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I'm not that Rick Flair anymore. I'm not that guy. And I do love the spotlight perhaps a little bit too much. But you know what, Randy? I basically boiling down what Rick said was that R- Randy, I believe you are the best wrestler there is right now. And when I was dying in the hospital, when I was in that coma, the first thing I did when I came out of that coma was to call up everyone I loved because I wanted th- I wanted to let them know what they meant to me. And all I am now, I'm not that Rick Flair anymore. I'm not that Rick. I'm Charlotte's dad. I'm the guy who wants to be next to you, the greatest wrestler in the world, the guy who has the opportunity to be on Monday Night Raw. Unlike guys like Hogan who wish they would, they call me up and say, how does it feel? And it feels like the best thing ever. I'm the guy that hangs with you, Randy Orton. I want to be there. When you beat, when you get your 15th, your 16th, your 17th, when you beat the record, not John Cena's record, but my record, Ric Flair's record, I want to be there when you do that because that's, that's what I am now. That's who I am now. And it got really emotional. Ric Flair cried and... You know, this is after Randy Orton saying that's all you're good for anymore is crying. But mm. they hugged it out. He, Rick, Randy took the, the mic away from Rick and hucked it out of the ring, and they, they hugged it out. And it was all of the feels, Nick. It was the feels. And then Randy Orton load-blowed Ric Flair and dropped him to the ground. Right in the dick. Right in. That was like an AJ Styles Nakamura feud level of dick punch right there. That was low and up to the elbow. And he dropped old Rick to the floor, gently laid him down, and said, thank you for everything you've done to me in his ear before backing up and punting Rick Flair in the head. But did he, though? Well, so let's be clear. Rick Flair is not clear to take contact. So WWE had to make it seem like Retribution, who had been farting around all night, acting like a bunch of spoiled school kids, uh, that they had messed with the lights, coincidentally, right as Randy was about to make contact with Rick's head. So he had a momentary blackout and didn't actually see the contact because there's no way they could have done it with contact. So unfortunately, that did lessen the impact, pardon the pun, of the actual moment. But the intention was there. So a small, unfortunate, technical hiccup but I'm willing to forgive it because the rest of this was so incredibly strong. And, of course, the whole segment ended with Drew McIntyre running out and a whole bunch of medics and, and uh, referees running out to surround Rick in the ring and Drew saying to Randy, really, even him, you evil son of a bitch, I'm going to make you pay at SummerSlam. And Randy making some of the scariest goddamn faces I've ever seen at the top of the ramp, like straight evil. I actually wish they'd ended on Drew and Randy just staring at each other and they hadn't said anything. But Drew actually had to you know, break it and say something. Fine. The bottom line is, Nick, this was amazing. I have yeah. no other word for it. This was yeah, absolutely that, lights out, pardon the pun, amazing. The, I, I did not see the, the, the low blow coming. That was, normally you don't, but at the same time, that was not the way I expected an RKO. I think we all kind of expected Randy to do something. I halfway expected to get a sort of hat tip 
I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> we got a little bit of that. He was saying it in Rick's ear. Yeah, we they did like they that. did that over his shoulder camera shot on Randy as they were hugging it out, and I was expecting yeah. him to look at the camera ear like a very eh, legend we, killer. Go, I'm sorry. Has I love to be a callback. Just not oh god, just, this whole this whole segment was a callback. What are you talking about? Anyway, uh, I thought this was brilliant. This was this, after a pretty desolate middle of just raw. It was awful. Uh, the oh, beginning, like you said, the beginning and the end were amazing. Amazing women's match. But the rest of it was just... Uh, and I was well, we'll get going, to all of that. Why am I still watching this? And we'll then get this to happens. all of that. We'll get to all of that, Nick. But right now, I want to concentrate on what I know. this means for SummerSlam. Because you now... I mean, I this reminded me of the last time that Randy and Drew were kind of toe-to-toe in the ring. Remember how hard the chops they gave each other were? Like, to the point where they were even, like, miming that it hurt their ears. Like, those two in the ring are magic together. They have such chemistry. They're two big dudes who are way too smooth and fluid and athletic for their size. They're going to have an absolute banger of a match at SummerSlam. This build has been fantastic. And the tension, the absolute fire of the looks that they were giving each other at the end of this segment, the look on Drew's face, the look on Randy's face, that was mm, chef's kiss, 10 out of 10, A+. That is how you get some personal crap in an angle. Now, that being said, I do have some suspicions here about what they're going to do at SummerSlam. What do you think? Where do you think we're going with Randy and Drew right now? Uh, it's no secret. I I think Randy Orton's. I, I think I've been saying it for a better part of a year now. I think Randy Orton's going to be the one to ultimately hold that number, that top championships title, you know, that record at some point. And he's only three reigns away. So um, yeah, I could see it would make a lot of sense. Randy is also while De- while Drew has been an amazing champion since Mania and even since the Rumble, frankly. Like I, I take it all the way back to like December that's that's time frame when he turned, and then yeah. that that run up to the Rumble, and then all the way up to Mania for for the all of it, all of it has been amazing. I take nothing away from Drew McIntyre, but I would not be surprised, nor would I be mad at a Randy Orton title win at SummerSlam. I, on the one hand, I wouldn't be surprised by it because I would love to see Drew get the title back in front of a crowd, and I think that he deserves to get that moment. However, I think that Edge is still out there, and I don't know where Edge is at with anything, but Edge did promise to ruin Randy Orton's life and destroy his mind, and one way to do that would be to cost him a major match. So could Edge figure into this somehow? Maybe. Or perhaps Edge will let Randy get too confident. Perhaps he'll let him win the title. Who knows? And then he'll strike later. He is, of course, the master manipulator. That being said, in this particular scenario, I don't think there's any wrong answer here. I think Randy winning at SummerSlam has lots of good possibilities. I think Drew retaining at SummerSlam uh, has lots of good possibilities. The only thing that I wonder is what they're going to do now with Ric Flair, if they're going to do anything. Personally, I think it's uncomfortable to see him at the Performance Center when they so recently had an actual outbreak there. Um, well, according dangerous. to Uncle Dave, he's been written off of TV, and this was his sort of swan song. Yeah, which would make sense. That's, yeah. you, that tends to be what the punt means. Is yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, which, which may be a good thing. So, you know, Randy's final act is to take him out, and then now it's just cleaned up. It's just Randy and Drew 
on a path to SummerSlam. And if that's you, the case, then great. Do you think there's any merit in you? You bring you in, you invoked Edge there. Is there any chance that Randy does win, and we end up with an Edge and Randy feud, uh, maybe going to Survivor Series or Hell in a Cell or something like that? Well, we're not for we're the not title? due to see we're not due to see Edge back until next year, like round oh. Rumble time again. Like he's out for a while. That was a full tricep tear, so he's gone for a while. Okay. Um. So I would see, you know, and I think the reason that they had Edge say, "I'm going to mess with your life." Because Edge can mess with his mess with his life without going in there and taking contact, yeah. right? So Edge can manipulate things from outside and keep their feud going, which will be a guarantee a match at next year's WrestleMania um, for something, maybe for the title, who knows? Yeah. But uh, come next year's WrestleMania, I have a feeling that we'll be seeing Edge and Randy Orton again by that point. Hey, I got to jump but, in here real quick with yes. uh, so, some uh, some tip jar. Chris, nineteen seventy eight, two Thank times you. with the five dollars in the in the tip jar. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Thank first, you he said much. congrats. Uh, assuming on getting on a, getting affiliate. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, and he said, "Legend Killer needs a title reign." I agree. I, that's why I if I had to pick right now, which. We're not too far off from having to do that. I would actually pick Randy Orton to beat Drew McIntyre uh, for the WWE Championship. Let's see what happens over the next two weeks, how this develops. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do agree with you, Chris. I think I think yeah. he's earned it this year. I'm going to need to sure. see the go-home show before I make my pick. But I'd, right. right now, I'd say it's even money. And yeah. as, as we were just saying, I think Randy Orton winning has a lot of upside as well. Uh, as much as, as we said, as good as Drew's been as a, as a champ, Having Randy as the champ right now has a huge upside. Yeah. And he's also one of the guys you legitimately believe could beat such a super-powered Drew, as, as Drew is very super-powered right now. Yep. So yep. wait and see. That's good. The other thing to think about, there's stuff. there's actually a, two or three baby faces that you could queue up to go and face Randy over the next few months if he does get the get the title there that you know it wouldn't have to immediately be right back to Drew for rematches and storyline and all of this kind of stuff you could have other people come and challenge you could have a Kevin Owens step in there you know people people that have beef with Randy you could have them step up and it wouldn't just have to all revolve around Randy and Drew the whole time yeah. So exactly. So that, that would be interesting to see what they have planned yeah. there. That being said, we had a couple of other, uh, how should we say, new experimental angles that are going on in WWE right now. One of them being Raw Underground. This was Raw Underground Week Two, even though the footage for it was shot last week, which is why it all looked very similar, except for the fact that they, after the backlash that they received, they edited out the strippers on the side of the room. So those were no longer there. But aside from that, mostly the same. A uh, bunch of up-and-coming talent around the ring yelling. Seth, uh, excuse me, Shane having a microphone and yelling epithets the entire, quote, matches. And then just a couple people in the middle of the ring beating each other up. Starting off, we had uh, Riddick Moss beating up uh, Cal Bloom, actually. It was Riddick Moss and Cal Bloom let it off with basically what I would like to describe as a shoot brawl. Yeah. Because those boys were going at it. I'm surprised. I mean, that it actually shows their conditioning that they didn't blow up because they were just hitting hard, went out of the ring, came back in, um, and ultimately Riddick Moss comes out with the win, rips his shirt off, and looked amazing. Honestly, um, I'm not completely sold on the Raw Underground concept, but it's very watchable, and this particular match was so physical. And except for a couple of moments where you could see them sort of remembering where they were going to go next, it felt very shoot style Yeah, for the most part. I, so, I don't like Shane jumping in going, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, that's yeah. not, 
okay, no rules, no rules. I, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like Shane being Shane. Like, shut up and get out of the way. And sure. just, like, have commentary back there or something. Be less yeah. a part of it. Because his commentary right now is, is barely commentary. He sounds like a more amplified version of one of the people cheering ringside. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah, get him, get him, get him. No, 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 no. Oh, no rules, no rules. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with you there. I think that there could be a little less Shane. And it would help. Dial it down a notch. Yeah. Dial it down just a bit. Dial it down a bit. Um, the production, again, had similar issues where just with overcutting um, strange angles. Like, it doesn't need it. If you want to make this look real, you don't have to shoot it like it is a straight-to-video, uh, crappy, you know, backlot, bare-knuckle fighting movie. You can actually shoot it as though it's a, a shoot match. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We also had some other matches. Arturo Ruras. Uras, uh, Howde, I don't know. Ooh, ooh. He uh, <laughs> he showed up finally. A guy who does look very legit in the ring. This was one of our uh, complaints last week. Actually, one of my big complaints, Nick. And I kind of screamed it loudly, and I I apologize for losing my temper. But I felt it was ridiculous to have people involved in this that looked like trained PC wrestlers when you have so many people employed that are real shoot fighters. Yeah, right. Guys who actually have like Dolph Ziggler, who like looked the most legit last week because he's got real amateur wrestling experience. People like Arturo Ruas, who looked like he was in there beating a guy's head in with his elbows and fists. People like Shayna Baszler, who showed up after a Dabakato match. Dabakato, of course, being Babatunde, and is just kind of like the final boss Goro of Raw Underground right now. He actually slammed a poor guy about half his size three times, then grabbed him by the nutsack and slammed him again which oh. seemed excessive, but I guess underlines how brutal he is, Nick. A, a bit ill-timed as well. Like, <laughs> no, 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 have some awareness of what's going on in, in the greater wrestling world with speaking out and things like that right now. Maybe oh, don't, I don't do grabs to the ground. I mean, if you're going to do a low well, blow, it wasn't fine. like a little guy flipped Dabakato or anything. It was, he didn't, he didn't dick flip him. I'm just, it was a, it was a I, crotch I grab. Do, it was a, okay. An extended low blow, if you will. Yeah. But after that, Dabakato got stared down by Shayna Baszler, who came out of the crowd. He walked away after Shane encouraged him to. And then Shane said, all right, Shayna, what do you want to do? Shana I'm not going to lie. I popped when Shayna jumped in there I and put her mouthpiece in. I popped when when she put her, I, I popped when she showed up. Because as we said last week, I was like, get a real fighter in there. This is what Shayna is. That's what her gimmick is. Put her in there. And they did. They put Shayna in there. No one wanted to volunteer. So she just went out in the crowd and found a girl hucked her in the ring, started wailing on her, uh, and then got jumped by her friend, took out her friend, and then a third chick jumped in and tried to choke out Shayna Baszler, which is not the wisest thing to do. And then Shayna beat them all three on one, including at one point where two of them grabbed her at the same time and she took them down simultaneously. What um, did you think was going to happen? <laughs> this was, I think, uh, you know, and there's, there's arguments about how Shayna, quote, looked in this match some of her hits or whatever. I thought she looked I thought it looked fine for what they're doing in this. Um and ultimately what for one thing the slam she gave to the girl at the end was legit AF. Uh and it's the most we've seen Shayna look like an absolute beast since elimination chamber. So I was all about this. Again though, Shayna is a legit badass and someone who can actually kick your ass. I don't know if you need to get in her way for that. Like I don't need if you need to you need to don't need to produce her. 
this way. I and and frankly, I'd well, like to see her get also, into someone else. Also, Shane, all of a sudden, running around for two weeks now of this, no rules, no rules, no rules. But the minute Shayna Baszler pops in, all of a sudden there's a rule. Oh no, no, you can't have no women. No, you can't fight Dabo Kato because you're a woman. Like, why, okay, well, I thought this was raw underground, Shane. I, I thought there were no rules. Why? Why do we have we, rules all of a we're sudden? We're just. We're, well, it's whatever Shane wants the rules to be. We're just getting uh, started. Uh, I mean, it's. Again, this is so. This is this is the thing. This is kind of what I took away from this week. This was the second half of the idea they showed us last week. Sure. And after watching both halves of their idea, this is this is this is the conclusion I've come to, Nick. And I want to know what what the conclusion you came to as well. And my conclusion is, I'm going to wait and see because there are nuggets of good here. Yeah. There's a lot of issues. There's production issues. There's issues with making some of these matches feel as real as they should feel. Uh, there's issues with logic all over the place, but there's also an opportunity to have something that the WWE audience has never seen before. Like I think a lot of people may not have watched Bloodsport uh, GCW, um, so they may not know this style. Um, it's an opportunity to have talents that otherwise might not get used have something somewhere else. And I think that it would be interesting if they really do push this idea, ultimately maybe even have a title in there that people could win, expand some of the segments shoot it more gritty, um, you know, explain the world of it a little bit more. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity here. I'm, I'm actually going to say, Nick, I'm hashtag skeptically optimistic Oh wow! about Raw Underground. You know what? I agree with you completely. Uh, I want to call attention to two things, though. Yeah. Uh, the first is I feel like it needs a purpose. I feel like it needs some kind of outcome. It needs some kind of uh, relevance or importance that there are stakes. Yes. Like somebody gets in there and they do they accomplish a thing and it gets them a thing. Like we need to know what those things are. Whether it's a cash prize, whether it's a title, championship opportunity, yeah, opportunities, a, 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 sure. a purse, uh, anything, right? So all of that give give it purpose. But it, here's the thing. I guess this is this is the thing I want to I want to kind of add to that is yes, you're completely right. It needs a purpose. But this as well as the other new angle that they're doing, both seem to be like a fly by the seat of their pants, um, just like sudden brain fart idea that they had, and they threw together. But this is one that you could actually build from this place to having things like stakes and purpose because it feels like a Shane McMahon experiment. That's literally the plot right now is it's a Shane McMahon experiment. And, 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 so I'm, as, and I'm with you. I want to give it time. I want to let yeah. it develop. I want to. I want to let it build up enough. What I'm scared is going to happen is we're going to get past SummerSlam and we're not going to see it anymore, and it's just going to be gone. Yeah, and that's quite possible too. It's very possible this could be something that Vince just sours on or gets bored with, and it just disappears one day. Just kind of like raw dark or something sure. like that. You know, it could be something that just vanishes at a certain point. The second thing I had about this was last week we closed Raw. We went off air with MVP Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, the Hurt Business, saying, we're taking over, we run this place now. Right. And this week they were nowhere to be found anywhere near it. So I would love for this to almost turn into a sort of faction, I don't want to call it a gang war, but I mean, like a, I almost want factions to wrest control of Raw Underground from each other through some means. And, sure. and, I, and I'm trying to think of, but when we don't even have consistency week to week, when we when we go out with MVP and the Hurt Business, I thought that was brilliant the way they closed it out last week with MVP and Bobby Lashley and Shelton coming in. 
okay, I wanted to I wanted to see them in there yeah. holding court and 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 hold and having contests that MVP was pitting together like he was the mastermind now and not Shane. So I was a little bit thrown off when there was just no consistency or continuity there. That, that that's just a little the nitpicky kind of thing. But again, and that's the consistency that that WWE struggles with a lot is yeah. keeping things consistent, keeping storylines uh, in line with their own history. Like that's something that they have stumbled with in the past. So again, there's a there's potential here. There is potential here. I see the potential. Um, lots of issues to work out. Lots of kinks to work out. Um, it still feels a little bit raw. Pardon the pun, but we're full of them today. Excuse me. But the bottom line is, is that I think there's a nugget of something here. I think yeah. that this could this could be something they could form into an interesting alternate universe or something on Raw that actually is a different. For three hours, you got three hours to fill, and not everything needs to look the same. So this could be that thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe Shamrock is the guy to help them. I, they just mentioned it in the chat, and I have it in my notes. Ken Shamrock did tweet out, hey, call me up. I'll help you make your stuff look a little bit more realistic. Oh. Um, and he also said if, after later on in, the, in his tweets that he was not locked in with Impact. He can go anywhere he wants at this point. So having someone like Shamrock, <laughs> having someone like a Josh Barnett, having someone who's got that legit background step into it would be a great, I think, a great help. I thought Ruas this. was a great look this week as well. Mm -hmm. you know, That's what I mean. out as a 17-time South American jiu-jitsu champion or whatever he is. Um, Amateur wrestling. But yeah. yes, again, like having, like put in legit people in there. Don't just have it be, you know, PC people who are barely learning how to wrestle. Right have people go in there who have some actual backgrounds and training um, or just big monsters like Dabakato who can just look like a final boss by just tucking people around. But um, having some people in there who can barely work a pro wrestling match, it tends to undermine it a little bit unless you train them with what they're doing. But again, potential. Yeah. What I feel is showing itself to be seriously flawed is the retribution angle. And I am saying, I'm taking a bold stance saying that after, the, after they tried to wreck our show today, and they try to keep us from going on air, but I'm going to shoot on retribution again. You got the data center, dude, so that ain't happening. Uh, first well, thank goodness. I'm glad we have a counter hacker. Oh, wait, that's right. The, the hacker angle that just... <laughs> as well. Uh, this, we're, this is all going to come back when we talk about storytelling with WWE. Right. But retribution. This is the second time we've actually seen them. We had a, Last week on Raw, they blew up a transformer and made the lights flicker a bunch because they were in the back going <laughs> by the light switches. They did that again this week a little bit with the light switches, not notably at uh, when Randy Orton was trying to punt Ric Flair, but they also apparently never got in the building, which doesn't make much sense. But uh, they did throw a cinder block through the front door of the PC. Uh, actually, two cinder blocks. The first one broke it. The second one is kind of like they threw just because. <laughs> throw I mean, why, block. why would you throw it through and not charge into the building? Like, what's the point? And they all kind of sit around cheering, like a bunch of frat boys on spring break who are trashing the local Baja Fresh. Yeah. Uh, and then they ran off, and later on in the show, we saw them with an overturned car dancing on top of it, and then they went and ran off like a bunch of second graders who've taken too many diarrhea pills. So, again... <laughs> Retribution coming across more as an obnoxious nuisance and kind of a bunch of goofballs yeah. than a serious threat. Once again, I know, I know. So this is, this is actually something that really pissed off Dog Ziggler. Dog Ziggler, do you have something you want to say about Retribution? Yeah, we weren't a fan of them either. 
See, the Dog Ziggler doesn't like uh, little angry people, and apparently that's what he sees retribution as. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how they're going to save this because right now it just feels dumb, for lack of a more eloquent word. It, it feels half-baked. It doesn't, they don't have a sense of threat or menace. Even the way that they took apart the ring at the end of SmackDown, while initially kind of scary, I think hit more wrong notes than it hit right notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see redemption as being redeemable? Uh, they better come out on Raw or on uh, SmackDown on Friday and reveal who some of the people are, because this is going downhill fast, and it's going to be DOA if they don't start making it mean something. And yeah. listen, we were all over Seth today, but because he was complaining about long-term storytelling and all of that stuff, and I'm not trying to be one of the fast food kids that doesn't have patience for long-term storytelling. But at the same time, I, I, I know a smelly egg when I, smell, when I see one, and retribution is a smelly egg, and somebody better do something about that really quick. Yeah. Let us let, reveal who the leader of the group is. Give them know, a purpose. Give them a mission. Exactly. Make it so Make they're not just a bunch care. of... Make me care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care right now. No. Uh, it's, right now, it's, it's coming across as silly. Yeah. Um, and they're coming across as a dumb faction. Yep. Like, and I and I, I mean, the intelligence of the members is not being shown right now. They're they're the things that they're doing, um, their actions. Even when they were taking over SmackDown, the way that they were acting was insipid, at best. Yeah. And as you said, Nick, like it's a, it's right now it's a smelly egg, and WWE needs some Febreze or some bleach on this thing. Because it is it is stinking up the room right now. The last thing I'll throw out there is we've already got a bunch of ninjas causing a nuisance. Why do we now also have additional hooded figures? Yeah, uh, they blend in a little too well with the ninjas, don't they? And, and I'm sitting here going, like, which one of these factions are going to do something? Because neither yeah. of them are really doing anything. Yeah, a bunch of... Bunch of and the, the, that's the other problem is it looks like the entire cruiserweight division has now dressing in black and being goofballs on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So it's... Not good, but we'll get to the ninjas because because they did figure in on Raw as well as well as the big ninja. By the way, speaking of the the ninjas, do you recognize the big ninja standing outside the door to Raw Underground? Oh, that was some big that was giant a, Mark Henry looking. That was Jordan Jordan Amogbahin. He was the big ninja. That's where you might know him from. He's now apparently the bouncer for uh, Seth Rollins. Apparently, Akira Tozawa could not retain his services, which he might have needed later in this evening. But we'll talk about that. You mentioned Seth Rollins, Nick. You mentioned Seth Rollins, and as you know, sometimes when you say someone's name, they tend to pop up. Well, we got to talk about Seth Rollins right now because to open Raw, we had a really, really strong segment as well, and it was the contract signing between Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio for SummerSlam, and it was also Dominic Mysterio's contract signing for his contract with WWE to become a superstar, something that Rey Mysterio in real life has been trying to get done for years. But it finally happened. That being said, we had to go through some pontificating and speech-making to get there. But luckily, all of that pontificating and speech-making was being done by Samoa Joe, as well as Seth Rollins and Dominic, because Samoa Joe was the mediator for this. And he was very clearly not a fan of Seth Rollins's and very clearly a fan of Dominic's, uh, which is odd because normally Joe plays a heel on commentary, but whatever, he's got his beef with Seth after Seth got in his face last week. And Dominic came to the ring with a kendo stick. And Joe just kind of said, I'll just hold on to that for you, young man, so Seth isn't worried about you using that on him. And then he proceeded to eyeball Seth the entire time he was talking to him while holding the kendo stick over his shoulder. 
Um, ultimately, we did, we did get a contract signing. Seth Rollins uh, did say that it was not his fault that any of this was happening. It was all things that other people had done to him. Uh, Joe saying that Seth had essentially failed at everything, and that's why he was this bitter uh, Monday Night Messiah now. And Seth saying, no, I was forced into this role, and what I'm doing now is actually the right thing to do. It's people like Dominic and Ray who get in my way. And Dominic saying, you know what? I used to have a dream to be a WWE superstar. Now my only dream is to kick your ass at SummerSlam. Strong words from the boy. Actually, yeah. he, did a, he had a pretty good promo. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Just had to follow Seth and Joe, which is a tough yeah. act or two to follow. But the real meat here, Nick, came after the contracts were signed. When Seth informed Dominic that if he wanted to bring any kind of implements to the match at SummerSlam, he's more than welcome to because he didn't want Dominic to have any excuses when he sent the young boy packing and he retired him in his first match as a superstar. But he wanted Dominic to go watch what a real superstar does because Seth was about to have a match with Humberto Carrillo, Dominic's friend. And Seth beat Humberto Carrillo in less time than the Divas got in 2006. He stomped them after about two and a half minutes. And then, Nick, we were off to the races. Mm. Uh, Dominic tried to, or I think it was Murphy tried to get after Dominic, and Dominic he got him first. After, Dominic was distracted outside, yeah, and Murphy. And then Dominic up. gets him after, gets after him with the kendo stick, and gets after all, Seth too. Gets after Seth, and it all turns bad from there. Murphy rips off his shirt, ties up Dominic in the ropes, and the two of them proceed to beat Dominic with kendo sticks. I think more than I've ever seen anyone beaten with kendo sticks in WWE. He was, he was purple. Like, I've seen if, people get welts. That dude was purple. There's pictures of him afterwards, backstage, the damage that his body took because <sighs> they were not pulling those hits. No. This was more than people get in Singapore for, like, spray painting a car. This was insane. Um, and we couldn't obviously post it in our Facebook discussion group yet because the 24-hour moratorium. It's been 24 hours. Post it because it's, at, like, if you haven't seen it, it is gnarly. It's it, insane. It even made Ray drop an f bomb on Twitter. Yeah, uh, saying I'm gonna effing I, <laughs> kill I you for this. I doubt it's entirely in kayfabe either. Yeah. Holy crap! They opened up on this kid. If you didn't think this kid had paid his dues, he just paid. If anyone was sitting there going, "Why is this kid getting a big match at SummerSlam?" Well, I don't think anyone in the back is complaining that he hasn't paid his dues <laughs> after the beating he just took right here. And it's so weird to think about it that way, Nick. What other job would there be that mentality out there where you've got to take a beating a real beating on this level to somehow make you worthy of a spot in a and like it, you know for i'm trying to think of like an equivalent job where like you'd have to, to in, in order for no one else in the company to question why you were getting a, a, a good gig in the company you had to take a beating like this. There's plenty of examples of sort of soft hazing that goes on, like rookies in the NFL. You have to buy yeah. the dinners, and there's all. And I went to a military academy in the mid '90s. I'm not going to describe any of that here, but there was physicality. But Dunk eighty six has it right here in this chat. He says, "Only one I can think of is getting jumped into a gang, but I wouldn't call that a job." Bingo. And and I, as someone who's worked in some bars where I've seen people after getting uh, in. <laughs> initiated into a gang. <laughs> I can tell you the beating that this kid took here is on that level, if not worse. Yeah. 
Um, they just didn't go for the face is the only difference. Chris, 1978 uh, with a fiver in the tip jar. Thank, thank you very you. much, sir. Thanks, Reminded Chris. me of Tommy Dreamer in ECW. Please, sir, may I have another? Yes. Yeah, except that he, Dominic wasn't asking for more. <laughs> he was tied up in the ropes. He was getting it from the front and the back. Oh, at the same Murphy time. Murphy was outside with another stick wailing <sighs> on his back while Seth was in the ring getting his front. Yep. My lord. Before they even tied him in the ropes, he had a couple of welts that were like bloody and black and blue. And blah. It was it was gnarly. It was arresting. And I will say this. It breathed life into a feud I would have sworn last week was dead. Yep. Because I felt like, how do you escalate from Seth pushing a man's eyeball out of his skull? Granted, that was cheesy as hell and just a terrible concept even before they tried to make it into a match. But, okay, it happened. In a, in a story, how do you escalate from there? You beat his son bloody. Okay. Now, as you said, Nick, we've gotten on Seth's case this week because Seth went on to a podcast and said that fans these days don't have patience for long-term storytelling, which, of course, is I we both disagreed with right. um, because apparently if that was the case, then Game of Thrones shouldn't have been a huge hit and neither should have Breaking Bad. Um, and yet here we are. But... I think the the problem with this feud is that it's spent so many weeks treading water and hasn't really escalated. The, if you look at the path of a story, you don't want to have it be like blip, 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 and then like a bunch of little crescendos. You want it to be like one long crescendo building and never kind of fall below the level of any previous heights that you may have had. Um, so with this story, it has definitely done that a few times, where whether it's other people getting involved like Alistair or Umberto or all of just it's it's been a little bit all over the place if you follow the whole trail of this feud. However, I think they reignited it here by getting, like, Ray now, Seth's handled Ray, and now he's doing this to Dominic, and Ray isn't really in the picture. As you said, at the top of the show, he didn't get a chance to see this, even with his one good eye. He didn't, he didn't respond to this except on Twitter. Why is that so funny to you? It, it's a shame that Ray was not there to see... Dominic finally signed his contract. Is that that funny to you? It's it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I've got my eye on Chat you. Chat way in here. Is that is that funny or is it terrible? <laughs> oh You've my god! You got your eye on me. I, I love that. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got <laughs> as we were. Um, we're just being jocular over here. Ocular, never mind. All right, so. I, th I feel like this has actually resuscitated this a bit. But there's an aspect of this, Nick, that I think is interesting and intriguing, and I want to point it out. Joe getting involved. And Joe not getting involved when Dominic's getting beaten. And he explained afterwards, like, oh, I'm chained to the desk of being a professional. All right, weak explanation, but fine. But Joe is still mouthing off to Seth. And I wonder what the possibilities would be if there's a thought that Joe might come back to compete against Seth after Seth finishes with Dominic. If he can get cleared. He's not cleared right now as far as I know. Or is that kayfabe? Are we being bamboozled? I, do, I, would, I don't know any reason why Joe would not be cleared right now. As far as I know, he should be allowed to wrestle. I have not heard anything otherwise. Um, the last I heard was, was uh, Wrestling Observer saying that uh, his his healing time should be done, and the fact that WWE isn't saying anything about it one way or another leads me to believe they could be leading towards some sort of swerve like that. 
Yeah. So, I, hey, I'm here for that. Get Joe back in the ring. I, you sold. I'm in. Yeah, and they and uh, uh, thank you. I think it's Jacob in the chat saying at the beginning of the contract signing, uh, they said Joe would be punished if he got physical because he isn't cleared. Right. Uh, which smells of kayfabe to me. Yeah. Uh, at, at a certain were, point, when does he go super face and just be like, "Screw my job, I can't take this anymore." Right, I'm just going to well, beat his ass for the honor of it. You know, last week he was ready to get in the ring. He got halfway in the ring before uh, before Dominic showed up. So yeah. I'm not saying I'm just saying he, he had his coat off and his tie undone. He was ready yeah. to go. <laughs> so think about that. What it, what that is? But just to, to Seth Rollins' point. Um, I think that's, you know, this is long-term storytelling in WWE that has been hit or miss. Long-term storytelling in WWE is hit or miss. This particular story with Seth has been hit or miss. This, however, was a hit. Pardon the pun. There is also footage out there of Tyson Kidd working out and uh, running the ropes. So, uh, yeah, if Joe does running come back, maybe Tyson Kidd wants his, wants his uh, pound of oh, flesh back. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Difference between running a ropes and taking a bump, I'll tell you that. Agreed. Um, having having internal decapitation is not something you want to mess around with. No. Uh, Nick, we also mentioned another fantastic match that happened in the middle of the show, and that was Asuka versus Bailey. Non-title, but if Asuka won, she would go to face Sasha at SummerSlam, which was already pretty much a lock. Um, and kind of not surprisingly, this match was absolutely lights out amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. We, well, we didn't deserve this match in a non-main event of a TV program. This is this is a this was a main event pay-per-view caliber match, and I I think it was grossly underbooked as far as where it was on the show. Uh, I I just I, I feel like this has bigger stakes, and we're I, I also feel like we're not done with this yet. I feel uh, closing the second half of the second hour of Raw is about the best place you can have. Maybe, yeah. Uh, these days, in terms of, of being a match, usually they do uh, segments to finish or like a you know, uh, championship match. But like the, the workhorse matches are at this slot. Yeah. So I felt like it was right where it me- it was meant to be, and it fulfilled its its job entirely. Um, it set up Oscar as being a true threat. It let her feel like a powerhouse. It let Bailey feel like a wily opponent because Bailey was reversing a whole bunch of Oscar's submission moves. They were tussling. In this match, Oscar threw a um, uh, a kick at Bailey, like an enziguri, and Bailey caught it into a, a, a ankle lock halfway through this match. And I sat right the hell up, and the rest of the match was absolutely lights out. Um, the whole thing was great, and it it showed a technical side of Bailey that we just have not seen enough of. Yeah. Um, but that you know, I don't know if everyone just steps up their game when they fight Oscar, um, because Bailey had to have had you know she has to have her own innate talent to be able to go to this level with Asuka, but Asuka really does bring out the best in everyone she faces, whether it's Becky or Sasha or here with Bailey. Absolutely amazing. And the finish was fantastic too, with Asuka getting beaten down, Bailey feeling like she had her in the corner and mocking Kyrie, doing the little like the foot stomp to the corner the and the thing, yeah. Yeah, a little like the Kyrie stomp and then the doing the telescope or the um what is that called? Like the, the spyglass or whatever. Spyglass, little like the movement and then Going to run at Asuka like she was going to to uh, give her a sliding elbow, like a Kyrie sliding elbow, and Asuka raging out of the corner, snapping an Asuka lock on Bailey and putting her in like a really good one, wrenching the arm behind her and Bailey oh, yeah. tapping out. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic hot finish to a hot match. Absolutely 
even with a Sasha Amazing. distraction in there uh, mixed in, which of course you, that's one of the few times where I'll be like, okay, yes, we, yeah. we, we can't have Sasha Banks holding four belts, by the way. <laughs> she was trying, she was like shuffling around on the side Tiny of the ring. Tiny little Sasha Banks with four <laughs> giant belts. <laughs> uh, she's weight training while she's waiting at the side exactly. of the ring. And somehow um, still is able to uh, distract and try to, uh, try to get, get one over for Bailey. But yeah, th- this was, this is exactly what we the kind and of Asuka, matches we want to see in the women's division. Oscar looks so badass afterwards. Yeah. Sasha comes in to try to beat her up, and Oscar's just on the side of the ring, just uh, just breathing hard and looking badass. Like, yes, I've accomplished my goal and avenged Kyrie. It was all good stuff. And frankly, actually, this is a funny thing. So, if you're listening to us right now and you're not regularly watching WWE right now, um, like many people. And that's a lot of people that are are lapsed fans that have stepped away from WWE. They can't either. There's just too much to watch, or you're not happy with the creative on the show, or you're just not invested. Um, it was really funny because I, I agree, Nick, that this show was hit or miss. Obviously, we had some stuff that was horrible, like Retribution, and a few other angles that we'll get to here in a second. But then I would actually say that anybody, even if you're not a fan of WWE, if you just watched the Oscar Bailey match, if you just watched the Ric Flair uh, and Randy Orton stuff at the end, or even the Kevin Orton, the Kevin Owens match before that, if you just watched the whole bit with Seth and Joe and Dominic and then the beating of Dominic afterwards, you would be sports entertained. It yeah. was good stuff. It was the kind of stuff that I would want to see on a wrestling program. I thought it was, I've got it, you know, we got to give credit where credit's due and props where props are due. WWE is hit or miss. We criticize them for a lot of things, but when they do things right, I want to make sure we say it. Yes. And I would love to hear if anyone else disagrees with me. If you think like, oh, it was just so-so, uh, maybe I'm crazy. But to me, having watched as much wrestling as I have, and Nick, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, this was good stuff. It was, and unfortunately, it's. We've complained many times over the years that Raw is too long. It's three hours. It you have to fill it with something. Right, and like you said, if we had just had the opening thirty minutes with with Seth and Dominic and that whole beatdown, um, even including the Humberto match, if if you wanted to include that in there, fine. Yeah. Uh, but then the ending, back to back, by the way, Bailey and Oscar, and then you got Ric Flair, or then you got um, Randy Orton and Kevin Owens, and then you got the Ric Flair segment. Like that last hour was nuts, and even sprinkled in there with the Raw Underground stuff. Yeah. So, awesome. Like, figure out how to keep doing the things that are really good. The there are, fluffy yeah. stuff needs to go. There are things that are working, or at least that, that worked this week. So I yeah. definitely, yeah, would like to call that out when it does happen. Because uh, it's too easy to, you know, it's, it's too easy to be a Brian Alvarez and just shit on everything that WWE does. Like, like we could come in here and be like, so, Oscar uh, and Bailey happened, and Oscar uh, beat Bailey. She'll be heading on to SummerSlam against Sasha. Guess that's a good idea. WWE, crappy creative. Meh. I hate everything. WWE does. Um, I yeah, you know. Um, so yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, sorry. What's that what's that Melter? Speak that up. Was, that okay. was my terrible, terrible Can't Melter impression. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was my um, terrible, um, terrible um, Alvarez impression. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was really good. Uh, 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 plans the change. End, but, plans but, change. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Plans. All right. So we talked about the good stuff. So let's actually do our best Alvarez and Meltzer impression and go over and talk about some of the stuff 
that was not as shiny and good. But not, you know, I didn't think anything was like just egregiously bad except for the retribution stuff this week, Nick. I thought we had a match between Apollo Crews and Shelton. Benjamin. Mm. Um, this started with MVP coming out on the uh, VIP lounge and complaining about how he didn't really lose because the lights were flickering. So he didn't really lose that title match against Apollo. Uh, and Apollo comes out with his belt to laugh at him and say, hey, man, you're a joke. And guess what? You want to talk about me and about my kids Now you don't care about my family? Well, guess what? I don't care about Bobby Lashley. I don't care about Shelton Benjamin. But MVP, I care about you. And I'm going to beat your ass. Um, and this ended up in a match against Shelton Benjamin. I didn't which like him saying he was a bad guy, though. I was just like, no, you're not. You're like, um, No, he didn't say he was a bad guy. He was a bad man. Uh-oh. Yeah, I make bad decisions sometimes. But you know why? Because I'm a bad man. Okay. I-, I see what you're doing. All right. You know, yeah. I guess, all right, it was fine. Give, give Apollo a little edge. Don't just give him like a new someone screaming his name at the beginning of his entrance song, which Vince added now, which is not a bad idea. He needed a little more character there. Yeah. Fine. Um, but then he loses this Shelton Benjamin match. Now, granted, MVP did get involved at the end and cost him the match. And this is a good way to build the SummerSlam with, you know, this feeling like three-on-one hurt business on Apollo. Can Apollo withstand this evil faction? It's, it's old. Taylor's old as time. <laughs> uh, and it was fine. But unfortunately, it just, once we got to the match, it lacked a little something for me. It yep. lacked a little bit of the danger and the tension. Uh, like it just the finish. Was kind of it was there. just a roll up. Like you got <laughs> Apollo and Shelton in there. And between the two of those absolute machines of wrestling ability, you're going to have them do a schoolboy roll up. Yeah. And that's the thing is like it was it was a really great promo on from on everyone's part. Like MVP is bringing up everybody's game right now. Yeah. Um my question is if this is ultimately like if this is if, is this about getting Apollo over and keeping him over or is this about ultimately creating a believable babyface that you could then have lose a title to a monster heel faction? And that's why I'm wondering what's going to happen ultimately with Apollo and the Hurt Business is who's supposed to come out of this better? Hopefully everybody. But can they do that with the way that they're building this? I, 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 I do question. think they need to put some shine back on in, back on the Hurt Business. And that's why I thought they, they took the title off of MVP, put it on Apollo so that they could go do the Raw Underground thing. And that's why it was so confusing this week when the Hurt Business was nowhere to be seen anywhere near raw underground and that just that compounded things even worse for me when i there was just there's just no consistency there and that's why i looked so poorly on this but yeah the match i love watching you can give me shelton benjamin and apollo <laughs> cruz all day long put it in my right. eye holes it's not gonna suck but <laughs> they're gonna do good work yeah but at the end of the day i still want some i want i want to know what the stakes are and you're not going to tell me that by a roll-up finish from shelton benjamin of all people uh, both of those guys can do moonsaults and shooting star presses and all kinds of crazy stuff. Give me a damn finishing move. But do you feel like it's better to have Apollo rolled up where he basically he got trickerated and just a momentary lapse of uh, attention or just you know the, his body weight shifted the wrong way, or however you want to put it, is that better? Is what they're telling us, is that better? Is he more protected by a roll-up than he would be by getting KO'd and down for the one, two, three if he took a finishing move? Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? It's a fair argument, yeah. It's like, it's like people who perceive that a tap-out is somehow worse than getting knocked out. Whereas, you know, like as we're seeing in AEW, they're playing the angle of like, it's actually better to tap out and save your career 
than it is to actually get put down or put on the shelf. Yeah. Um, so you know, getting knocked out means you dropped your guard and you got hit with a with a something that knocked you out, and that's actually leaving you in a more vulnerable position than than tapping out. So there is an argument to be made, but tapping out just seems to have this perception that it's somehow making you weaker. Kyle says he misses sense. Shelton's T-bone suplex. Yes, sir. Ooh, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. That's the kind of stuff. But Ian, you make a great point. Uh, it, it does keep Apollo looking strong. Momentary lapse. Momentary yeah. uh, moment of weakness kind of thing. Uh, one, two, three. And like, oh, my God. But That's why it, I always it, say a roll-up yeah. is fine in the right situation. Sure. Just a random roll-up not earned. Is was where I think I think you're right on. It's your right to be. Yeah, I'm not overtly against them all around, right. but I mean at, at the same time, it's just way overdone in WWE. I, mean, well, I think wanna... Simon's even counting now. He's up over sixty at this point. Well, do you want? <laughs> do you want to have a clean finish? Because we did have two clean finishes over in the tag team division, the quote unquote tag team division. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, we had Zelina Vega and her boys Andrade and Angel Garza. Ooh. Come out to the ring. That's right. Uh, came out to the ring, proclaiming her innocence, saying, I did not poison Montez Ford because that's where we're at now in the tag team division on Raw. We got people getting poisoned. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't poison Montez Ford, but my boys will be happy to kick the rest of the Street Profits. But out came Angelo Dawkins. He was going to have a match with Andrade, Bianca Belair, uh, still in the back. And uh, Dawkins comes out in the match with Andrade, Zelina gets run over by Bianca Belair, causing a distraction, allowing Dawkins to pick up the pin with the cash out. Uh, and then, because of the... Uh, well, they actually said it was already booked, which, okay, sure. I don't know why that would have been booked, but doesn't matter. We had a match between Zelina and Bianca Belair after this. And uh, shockingly, this was like a 10-minute match. <laughs> yeah, this went on forever. It was a long-ass match. Zelina is half of Bianca's size. Bianca's been built as just a beast, which she should be because she is. Yes. But yet, somehow Zelina was able to hang in with her for 10 minutes. And, and Bianca was selling for her. And I'm not going to lie, if you want to talk about people looking weak because of booking, Bianca not being able to put Zelina away in a reasonable amount of time without the kind of shenanigans that you would have to have to make this make sense... Uh, I think it really did not was not a good look for Bianca. Now, ultimately, she did, you know, beat her straight up, fair and square, put her down definitively. But just going so long without any reason other than oh, Zelina's wily. It, Nick, let me let me throw out a, a, a comparison for you here. Okay, Darby Allen and John Moxley just happened this last week as well. Right. Again, much bigger guy, much smaller guy. Different setup in terms of heel-face dynamic, but it's still a little guy, scrappy, going for a much bigger guy. Um, and it wouldn't make sense for John Moxley to sell for Darby Allen the way that Bianca Belair sold for Zelina Vega here. Right or wrong? Right. I love how that hurt you. It felt like it hurt you. JB distracted me because she's getting fancy now with emojis. It says Team Zelina in the chat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. No. <laughs> you're making. I think you're comparing apples to oranges too here a little bit. So I think oh. be, I think Moxley has been built up to be that strong monster, where Bianca has not. Okay. So I think when you have a the the juxtaposition of Moxley and Darby. 
and then you look over and you try to compare that to what they've built with Bianca and Zelina, I think they both have their wily characteristics, even though Bianca, we know, is the strongest woman, woman from the Combine, outlifted everybody, including Rainy Gonzalez and Jaya Lee, who we know are two very strong women. We know that, but I don't think she's being made to come across that way. She's come across. She's made, being made to she come across as another. She ran through half the Royal Rumble. They have been booking her strong on the main roster. Ian, a beep, 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 beep. That was eight months ago. Oh, right. Sorry. Long-term storytelling. My bad. No, I mean, I'm like, sorry. seriously, it's August, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, they've been, they have, they have made her look strong. She's not lost a match clean on Raw. Yeah. Uh, or on main event. No, I, you know? I see her. I see her. I see them putting and her over visually. as more of like a sort of jaw jacking. Uh, smooth talking kind of uh, you know good people promo. go nuts people go nuts when average size wrestlers sell for Marco stunt True. and I, it's to me like if you're gonna get mad about that I can't see why you wouldn't be in some ways perturbed a bit by this now I understand the storytelling of it and Zelina you know being wily but it was a lot of Bianca selling for her and you know doing the the classic WWE David and Goliath thing oh my by the way my new least favorite move in WWE is the ring post spot where you run at them in the corner and you dive through and you hit your your shoulder on the ring Slot. post and it's like it's like you died. Right. I that's my new least favorite one because it makes the person running into the ring post look like an absolute moron. Yeah. Um, Especially so, when they're yeah, not that big to have that much forward momentum going that she literally had to right. take two extra steps and run and dive into it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't know Not what sure this, they played it We don't way. know. They they say this is booked for SummerSlam, this tag match. Uh, we don't know where Ford is. Is he poisoned? If so, well, they said after the match that that uh, if he was going to be there for SummerSlam, they wouldn't miss it. So, all right, okay. fine. We'll see. Um, I just I just think that it's telling that in our tag team division, uh, it's all broken down to singles matches now, and the centerpiece of the tag feud is a women's singles feud. Just throwing that out there. On that bombshell, Esme dropped another bombshell. 30 Esme. bucks in the tip Ooh. jar. Good Lord, Esme dropping bombs. She says, oh. SummerSlam, pick em, champ. Oh, yeah. SummerSlam, I'm coming. <laughs> I hear you, Esme. Thank you, Esme. I hear you. I hear you. Take Oh, our booby champ. Thank you very much, Esme. Thank you so much, darling. Appreciate it very much. Very much. Um, almost if they, as much if as they, they want, if they want Bianca to look strong, start booking her strong. Start booking her against strong opponents. Otherwise, yep. she's going to look like a female Montez Ford. Which not the we worst. Do, we don't want her to be that sort of high flyer, fast talking personality. We want her to be a beast. So we need to start booking her. That I th- I think that she will be better served as being booked like a beast because that's playing to her strengths. Agreed. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, also in the tag team division, albeit on the women's side of things, Peyton Royce and Liv Morgan had a singles match. <laughs> because, okay. There you go. Um, the story here was that Ruby Riot got up on the ring apron to ward off Billy Kay, who was trying to get invested in the match, uh, involved in the match, and Liv Morgan thought that Ruby was trying to interfere with her thereby distracting Liv Morgan, which allowed Peyton Royce to pick up Liv Morgan and put her in her beautiful finisher. I believe it's called the Deja Vu. Yeah. Um, and then run off with the victory, leaving Liv and Ruby to try to figure out their ish in the ring. 
so we seem to be having a Riot Squad reunites angle here with the Iconics playing spoiler on the other side of things. Um, do you see this having legs, Nick, or is this mm, is this just kind of it's, is it just kind of there? No, oh, I hope so. I, I, I really have high hopes for this. I, I want to see Ruby and Liv back together. I want to see the Iconics back on TV. I want to see a proper women's tag division. So I'm I'm all for this. I'm excited about it. I'm not going to poo-poo on this at all. Think what you will. It could have been better. Sure, there were moments. Sure. Uh, but we got to see Peyton's finisher again. Fantastic. I, I'm all for all of this. We're big fans of the Iconics. We like them. I'm a big fan of Ruby. I'm, I'm coming around on Liv very quickly, uh, especially after the two matches she had with Ruby earlier. So, yeah, I, I can get behind this, and the tag division needs more needs more teams. Yeah, so, yeah, they do, and I think that if this ultimately comes out with two strong teams, great, especially because I think after SummerSlam, if Sasha retains and Bailey will probably retain, they should be focusing on the tag belts, I think, after that. They Move need to away drop from, those. Right, so keep the titles and then drop the tag titles, let them split up onto each individual individual brand. I would think, uh, unless they have some story they want to tell about them being forced to be tag champs. I don't know. But uh, suffice to say that right now, again, we're, we're doing singles matches in, in the tag division. Although we had heard that backstage Vince was very high on Peyton Royce, which might be why we saw this singles match here. That being said, we could very easily see Billy Kay versus Ruby Riot next week with some more kerfufflery between Liv and Ruby. Who knows? That would be the we got, easy way We got way two out. more weeks to go. We could even see the tag titles change hands before SummerSlam so they can focus on the mains, and then we can have a women's tag championship match at SummerSlam as well. I think your tinfoil hat fell under your head from behind there, Nick. Careful. It, check check, check yep. for it there. Yeah. Nope. That's, it's that's good. Mad. Yep. That's, mad. that's madness. Uh, also, speaking of tag teams, the Viking Raiders. And Ricochet and Cedric. I think they're called the Flyboys, but we don't know because they don't really get enough TV time to even show us what they are. Uh, they were all backstage, and uh, Ivar getting hit on by some chick from The Bachelor, but I don't know that because I don't watch crap TV. Nick, who was that? Who was what? the girl who was hitting on Ivar? Oh, I have no idea. Your, your doppelganger. Oh, some, okay. some D-list Instagram Oh, is that who it was? Something, yeah. I'm I don't not sure. pay attention. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, all I know is she can get off my lawn! <laughs> Okay, boomer. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I'm too young to be a boomer. Yeah, uh, I'm proudly Gen X. Thank Demi, you, very Demi much. Burnett. Thank you, Jacob. Demi. Oh, of course. Oh, def, I know. Geez, I know exactly I, who uh, that is. Demi Burnett. I would, of course. Jeez, how silly of me. Uh, Demi Burnett, Logan Paul. I know all these things. Uh, anyway, so they all were backstage and ended up having a match between them and Tozawa and his ninjas. You heard right. The Viking Raiders and Ricochet and Cedric Alexander are facing Akira Tozawa and his ninjas. Luckily, it was also a very short 2006 Divas match um, with the Viking Raiders quickly dispatching the ninjas after one of Tozawa's ninjas refused to get into the ring and then ran off with Tozawa up to the ring ramp before pulling a referee down the ramp behind Tozawa, who then turned around into getting a rolled up by the ninja who took his 24-7 championship. And your new 24-7 champion is the ninja who revealed himself to be our truth 38-time champ, Making I think. Making him the 38-time 24-7, 7-11, mm. I-95 South European TV champion. Mm. So two questions here. One, uh, is the 24-7 title completely irrelevant at this point? Does it have any meeting? No. Uh, and two, 
how screwed are the Viking Raiders for Ricochet and Cedric if they're doing five-minute comedy segments just to get over the fact that there's a 24-7 title change? <laughs> right, do we, do you we ask a question which time? is rhetorical, sir. I, oh, okay. I, it is, it's not looking good. I didn't say... Are they? I said, how screwed are they? These are four of the most talented athletes in professional in the wrestling. World. In the world. In the world. Not to uh, mention Tazawa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what right. you have them doing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, no. Esme. Esme. Quoting, the Vikings dispatched the ninjas. Yeah. Yes, the Vikings dispatched the welcome to WWE, everybody. Remember about 20 minutes ago, we were putting WWE over. Oh, how the turns have tabled. Here we are at the other half of Raw, and we're getting the dark side. Yeah. Not the underground, but the dark side of Raw. Uh, the dark side of the ring, if you will. The 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 creative nadir that is the, the dark the side of the Raw. Ugh. <laughs> So this is the, this is the cringy stuff where you just go no 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 don't guys if you're gonna watch Raw don't don't watch War Machine and Prince Puma and Cedric Alexander facing off against goddamn ninjas in some strangely vaguely racist angle over here no 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 watch the good stuff like Randy Orton and Ric Flair getting really heavy and deep and emotional and dramatic watch Rey Mysterio's son get the absolute life beaten out of him watch oscar and bailey put on an absolute clinic in the heart of the show watch that stuff because this other stuff is absolutely brutal and we haven't even talked about natalia and lana now playing an influencer gimmick and playing twinsies both wearing absolutely atrocious dresses and confronting the newly returning mickey james and starting up a feud between natalia and, and mickey james which i'm cool with because that's a nice veteran feud that could actually be really well worked but it also screams more bruce pritchard needing to go to his old time talent to try to make a show oh i don't even know are we ready to talk about natalia and lana yet that's literally what i'm bringing up okay because i'm i'm preparing myself go ahead i'll let i'll let you i'll let you just take it away lana and natalia and their their we'll outfits, we'll, a lot we'll of take shoulders. Natalia, and we'll sit her over here for just a minute. <laughs> okay. I can oh. I can remember when Rusev debuted, and <laughs> Lana came out as the ravishing Russian with that yes. accent and the outfits and the twenty seven inch tall heels and Rusev crash and all of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I look at that from five years ago, and I look at now and i go what happened well i mean and and hang on before hang on there's there's but wait there's more all right so the interesting side of this is that apparently at one point lana and natty hated each other legit hated each other natty would make fun of lana because she couldn't wrestle and lana would make fun of natty because she couldn't promo which i mean Valid, All right. valid fair, points. Fair, right. fair enough. Uh, and they were just at each other all the time. So here we are, fast forward two to three more years, and now they're doing an angle where they're besties, and it's not enough for Natalia to be of the Hart family and to have her cat ears, but now she has to come out in some 1983 shoulder pads dress, floral pattern, 
Was that what that was? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I my eyes. My, I, I was pouring acid in my eyes. Yeah. I, I just. I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. My and eyes then the were whole thing at the end where they went like hot rude jelly. in unison. I. I just. I. I took my <laughs> table and I just flipped it over. And I went, no. <laughs> no more. The the year that uh, Lana has had might be, might be one of the worst I've ever seen. Well, I don't know. Her husband no longer with the company. So you think about Rusev five years ago. He actually had a job. <laughs> He's now getting kicked off of Twitch. So Well, that was a 24-hour thing. But he got I, it back. I know. Run but it was her it. fault because she shows up in a, wearing dental floss <laughs> as a bikini. Fault. It's Twitch's rules fault. Oh, Let's oh clear. yeah. yeah. It's totally. Be clear. It's Twitch, Twitch being prudish. Right. Right, but the right. point. Sorry, new home, new 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 daddy Twitch. Uh, but the the bottom line is here. Um, Mickey's back. She's going to be a promo uh, program with Natalia. This is the good side of this. The other side of this, and I'm not going to put a judgment on it yet, is Lana and Natalia doing whatever this happening here. And the thing is, I will look at every angle they give La- uh, uh, Natalia. I'll look at every gimmick they give Natalia and go, hey. At least she's not farting anymore. Oh. And I'll look at anything happened to Mickey James and say, hey, at least she's not Peggy James anymore. All right? So if you can get these two on TV and let them have legit wrestling matches, I'm in it for that. I, I got so worked up here, I missed another fiver from Chris in the tip jar. Thank said, you, This was War Machine, damn it. <laughs> yes. Agreed. I, <laughs> I think Chris has been listening to you quite a bit. He knows your predilections. JB, I'm also going to need to hear your uh, thoughts. I need you to weigh in on whatever the hell Lana and Natalia were wearing. Yes, I I would love to get an opinion from JB. Uh, if you watched Raw, JB, she, if you saw She says she needs a mic. The keyboard isn't strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, uh, oh, oh, my goodness. God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, there you go, guys. There was Raw. It was it was a mess with a, some incredible bright spots guys, in it. Some low. Uh, some of the, some low lows but some really high highs and it gives me some newfound some newfound hope for SummerSlam. Maybe we can pull off a miracle here. This might actually be a really good pay-per-view. There's some good matches on the dock so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some very interesting ones too. So yeah, like we were saying earlier, like there, we definitely had our critiques of Raw this week. It was very uneven. It was up and down. But, man, the good stuff was really freaking good. Yeah, it was really good. It was really freaking good. And, it, it, and when, when wrestling's good, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, it is. But that was, that was Monday Night Raw, Nick. Well, thank you, sir, Ian Dangerous. Guys, that is it for Monday Night Raw, but we're not done just yet. Don't go anywhere quite yet. We still have to do what we like to call our moment of positivity. That's right, the moment of positivity. The mop, that time we take during the show to look over everything that's happened since our last show in the world of professional wrestling and find something that made us smile, made us positive, made us happy, made us feel the little butterflies in our tummy-tum-tums that happily have not been slapped by a kendo stick by Seth Rollins. Oh, my poor tender tummy. Uh, These are the moments that we look back on and say that was the best thing, uh, and we want to take it away and go back out in the world, not in a negative mindset, 
like we could be if we want to just focus on all the things we hated this week. No, let's take the best thing that made us smile and let's concentrate on that. And let's tell everybody what it, what it was. Nick, what was your moment of positivity? It has been a long time since I've seen a promo or pair of promos the caliber of what Randy Orton and Ric Flair did. And it that's that is one of those promos that five years from now we'll be resharing on Facebook or Can I you know something like that and yeah. say it's a it is a it's a brave new world for promos. They're, the promos of the last couple of years have been absolutely out of this world and they seem to be getting better and better. But this one, strangely enough, I think was made better by the intimacy of not having a loud crowd. And the fact that it, they didn't have to yell over a crowd, they could just talk normally to each other. And even Drew at the end, when that when the when the staff came out and they were huddling around Rick and Drew, you could just hear him going, "Oh, Randy, oh, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kick your head off." And just yeah. was, and he, he was saying it quietly, and you could sort of pseudo hear it echo through yeah. throughout the performance. Oh, chilling. Oh, makes silence it, it is more way natural. more effective. Yeah. Yeah, creepy. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, I and that's it's just an interesting aspect of it. I wonder how this would have played in front of a crowd mm. if it like obviously differently, but would it have been as good? Oh, they would have it erupted the minute he low blowed him. That would have yeah, there would have been, been a massive pop. It would have been a war. It would. <laughs> I'm not saying it would have been uh, Hogan joins the NWO, but it would have been it have been a big pop for sure. Oh, that, that's one of those where you got to be seriously concerned about people coming over the rail for Randy. <laughs> you actually could see the PC kids, like the, the kids behind the, uh, like that they had there. You really rarely get real reactions from them, right? Like yeah. a lot of times it's a lot of very kind of canned, scripted cheering or booing or whatever. You could see some of them actually like getting freaked out by it. Yeah. And like when he had Rick down on all fours and ready to punt him, like you could hear them actually getting distraught. So I think the environment did really actually help sell that moment and those promos yeah that was that was mine for sure it's in that one i mean like we said there's plenty of there's there's a handful of hot spots that that happened this week um but that was the one for me where i just i i actually said <laughs> several times <laughs> when randy um watch your mouth him. yeah yeah i stood up right. out of my chair i think i even woke esther up because i was watching it late last night and uh, it just, just, oh, I said some things I will not dare repeat on this on this show because that with that might get us a twenty four hour ban off of Twitch. Yeah, right. And we just got here. It's just just as bad as Lana walking around in a in a string. Yeah. Uh, mine is going. I mean, it was tough. I wanted to pick Shayna in Raw Underground. Nice, because you know I love me some Shayna. I I know she's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but I freaking love her, and I thought she looked like an absolute badass this week. But I thought it still could have been better. Some of the, something about the production and just the way they, they the way they shot her just didn't quite make it, and it just was not as good as Oscar versus Bailey. Yeah, and the moment after the match when Oscar's leaning against the partition outside and just screaming in her makeup is 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 streaked down her face, and she's just. Got her lower jaw clenched, and she's shaking her fist, and just looked like an absolute badass. Y'all know I also have mad love for Asuka. I think she is one of the greatest things in wrestling right now. You know, and, and more love to WWE right now. Randy Orton, I think there's an argument to be made that he is the greatest heel in professional wrestling right now. And I, I, could, I could hear people say evil. I could hear people say Kenta, Jay White, uh, Bray Wyatt. 
I could hear that, but I'm going to say Randy's better than all of them. He is the best heel working right now. And if this week didn't cement that, I don't know what did. But they've got also have Asuka, who is absolutely on another level right now, even with the fact that I think a lot of people are still kind of bummed about her overall booking. I see them as actually treating Asuka extremely well, Yeah, all things considered. When you look back at her booking from two or three years ago, when she was like just about a year into the main roster, um, very questionable, weren't sure if they were going to really take her seriously. They are absolutely taking Asuka seriously. They know what she's capable of, and they're allowing her to be near the top of the card without having to be the number one person, and they're keeping her consistently strong, and I'm loving it. I'm loving what they're doing with Asuka. They're, absolutely, they're doing the right thing. Yeah. So my moment of positivity this week is going to be Asuka. Nice. Just all year. We, we, mm. we, we give a lot of attention and praise to MVP saying that he is the MVP of 2020. But, man, it's, it's neck and neck with Asuka. I, I think she's been doing some amazing work. She was, she's been one of the highlights throughout the no crowd era, no fans era. And I, I'm right there with you, man. I think she, just the entire year she, she's been yeah. carrying things. That being said, Nick, I think that uh, right here at the end of the show, I think that it's time with Randy Orton's actions this week that we bring back an old little thing from the show. Oh. That going forward, when we mention Mr. Orton's name, it's going to have to be like this when we talk about Randy Orton, that rat bastard. That son of a bitch. That is going to help be how we refer to him from now on. <laughs> okay. Done. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he now holds heavy the crown of Champa. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually kind of ironic that it goes from Champa to him, given yeah. their history in the last couple of years. Anyway, that's the show, Nick. Well, there we go, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Don't go anywhere just yet. If you're watching live on Twitch, we're going to do a raid. Uh, throw way in. I put a poll up. Uh, Jessica Havoc or Aiden English? You guys decide. Cast your vote in the chat, and we'll decide here in just a minute as we wrap things up. we got both of them online right now. We can go be fun, disruptive, and, and get rowdy and yell BWO a lot. Uh, and we can say hi to, uh, to, to Aiden, I think. is uh, It's my vote. I vote Aiden English, of course. Same. Get into the Discord, guys. You can find links pinned across social media. You can follow us over at BWO Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash open. And, hey, we're affiliates now, so starting Saturday, we'll be able to do all the fun stuff like emoji and subs and bits and gifted stuff and all kinds of fun rewards for all of you guys. We've got fun badges picked out that's going to be a fun surprise uh, for all kinds of good things. Uh, I can't wait till Saturday's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody that has made this uh, so such an easy transition. Thank you all for coming over with us from YouTube. Uh, Apparently, we'll Drake, a blast. Drake, Drake Maverick's also streaming. By the way, is he? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I said Jessica Havoc or Aiden English. So let's 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 pick one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's not overcomplicate it. Data center dude laying on the law. Let, right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for the show tonight, guys. Uh, follow us here on Twitch, youtube.com slash Open. Patrons, thank you so much for all of your support every single month. It means the world to us. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for at least that $5 tier because we are doing the Patron Pick'ems Challenge for SummerSlam, where Robbie RB will be defending his mm-hmm. championship from WrestleMania for the very first time. Can he retain? Will he do it? Tune in. You have to be there to find find out, and it's just cost you oh five my. bucks to play. Cash and prizes, prizes and merch, and all kinds of good giveaways and stuff like that. 
But there are stakes. So to stay tuned for more on that as we wrap things up or get closer uh, to SummerSlam. Stay right here if you're watching live on Twitch. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.